Hello and welcome to the Bible Podcast, a podcast for pastors, church planters, ministers, anyone who is doing the work of ministry and working in the marketplace at the same time. This is your time of encouragement and I am your host, Ade Subbanjo. Welcome to the Bible Podcast, episode 11. Today I have a special guest with me, so it's going to be a different format. And uh, he is someone that you're going to be hearing from more and more. He's a very good friend of mine. I've known him since 1992. His wife and my wife are friends. And he's here to share his story and what God has done in his life as he has joined uh, being a Bible minister. He has a PhD in mobile and satellite communications from University of Surrey in UK. And he is a pastor. He's the pastor and the founding pastor of Healing Springs Church in Basingstoke, UK. He is a father of three boys and uh, a very passionate teacher of the world. So join me as I welcome uh, Pastor Dr. Ben Awosheila. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Pastor Hade. Um, good to be with you on the Bible podcast. Yeah, welcome. So, yeah, so the way we're going to do this is I'm going to ask you a few questions. And, you know, you are free to speak as you want, as the Holy Spirit will lead you. I know that the people on, on, on the that listen to this want to just know what God has done with you and how God can lead them to do what God has called them to do anyway. So, uh, the first question I would like to ask um, as we go into this is, you know, let's start from the beginning, the very beginning. How do you, how did you get saved, and um, how did you get your call uh, as a pastor? So, so now before you answer that, I want to let people know that you're not just uh, a pastor; you also con- you continue to work in the university. So you are you are a Bible pastor. So. Please go ahead and just tell us briefly how you got saved and how you got your call to pastor. Okay, um, thank you. Um, I was born in Nigeria, although now I live my life in the UK. And um, I got born again uh, around nine, ten years old. It was my first year uh, in secondary school. It was a boarding school. And um, I went to the chapel in one of the services, heard the gospel, and I just simply committed myself to Christ. Um, I just like to say, since then, I've never looked back for one moment. Um, I've, I've just consistently uh, walked that journey. Um, okay, so um, one of the things that has been very uh, unique for me also uh, is that um, I, I took a special liking to the Word of God. And I found myself, as I grew uh, in the faith and also in age, starting from secondary school, that it was very easy for me to do a one-to-one mentoring uh, of, uh, of other believers, whether new believers or fellow believers. I was able to um, um, explain uh, spiritual truths easily and also um, walk with them on the journey uh, to getting more deeply rooted. So that passion that had been in me, and then moving to my uh, university days in Nigeria, first degree, um, that passion intensified. It was like a fire in my bones to preach and teach the Word of God, um, which I eventually did, whether from the 
from the stage, or, but more importantly, one-to-one. It was something I did actively at home or at school. People came to me or I went to them and I put them through. I walked the journey with them. I encouraged them. I mentored them one-to-one. And so this is something I've done uh, for, for most of my life. And coming to the UK, um, I came to the UK primarily to study. I did a master's at the University of Surrey, and then a PhD. Um, uh, but I've always known, I've said this to my wife, that you know, I know that I'm called, you know, to the ministry. I know that I will preach and teach the Word of God. But really, I never, I never really pictured how that would happen. I did not see myself, and at those moments, I did not see myself as a pastor. Yes, I saw myself as a teacher. I saw myself as a possible evangelist from the stage. But I, I never saw myself as a pastor. So I'd like to stop there for now, uh, Pastor Adi, uh, if you want to continue your questions. Yes. So um, let's 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 go as it goes as it went. You you finished school in uh, Nigeria. You finished university. Then you you went. You came to the UK to to do your masters and then PhD. Then you working. Now how how did you know that it was time for you to get into the ministry. Okay, um, thank you for that question. So uh, when I finished my PhD, uh, one of the things that really, really sort of happened that was significant is I, I tried then to get into a big industry and I, and I had people, family members and friends telling me, you know, you have very good degree, very good knowledge, just go for the money. But I, I, I really did not feel that driven. Um, going for the money for me would mean, you know, taking up a job that was far away from home. And I, I really felt I could not trade that uh, away. I felt that it was important to, to, to be close to my family. So I, I did not take up the, an offer uh, that was going to take me far away. So the, 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 the practical offer I had then was to stay on at university as a, as a, as a researcher, as a research fellow. And I, I, it was easy for me to take that because it offered me the flexibility, the, the flexibility, and the proximity uh, to my to my family. And um, so I, I went on in this. And something else is that I've always felt, you know, an affinity or a, a passion for the indigenous of the UK. And as a result, I found myself joining churches that were. Um, more locally oriented, more Western oriented rather than being African oriented. And um, the the latest one I joined, um, not 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 long, just not many weeks. I joined before the pastor called me and gave me an offer to to preach a sermon. I don't know how I got wind of the fact that uh, I could preach or teach the word of God. And so I find myself repeatedly serving God in that uh, predominantly white church as a preacher and teacher of the word. I was there. I was with them for three years. Now, towards the end of that time, uh, a lot of things happened in my life. I had a minor health scare whilst I was in that church. And that was a real, a real wake-up call for me to begin to take things more seriously with God. Because I felt at that moment that actually... You know, I was earning a, some, a good money. My wife was you know, had a good job. You know, we we were sort of seeing ourselves as people who were here as economic migrants. 
um, and just to to make the, the 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 most of our time here, getting the money and investing and uh, in the good things of life, like most people most people do in the UK. That was where I was at my journey. But when I had this minor health scare, it was a wake up call that you had better begin to focus on 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 what is more important. So three years having been in the white church. Uh, preaching and teaching it was it was a comfort zone okay, i was i was well respected you know as a teacher of the word but i began i began to feel very dissatisfied i was dissatisfied with where i was spiritually i was dissatisfied with what the church had to offer i was dissatisfied with how you know believers were you know were were, were taking you know the things of god so i was in this state of dissatisfaction and it was as still god was telling me there is something more. And yes. And so I was in this period whereby it became a bit now very uncomfortable to remain in that comfort zone. I knew I needed to go deeper and do more for God. And uh, while I was in this, in this time, you know, I started spending time to study, read books. You know, I read book of Kenneth Hagin, you know, and... Um, as God will have it, um, during that same season, it was a transition because now I decided I needed to move on. Um, uh, we had some people, some a man of God and his wife uh, came to visit us and they prayed with us, and um, they just sowed this on. Well, they didn't speak directly, but they just made it. You know, they just sowed the the, the thoughts that you know you should consider whether this is a time God is calling you to 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 launch out and do something new. And um, they, they never said we should do it. They just said we should think about it and pray about it and let God lead us. And, um, you know, once they did that and I started praying, it was not long. I just, it came clearly. It came clearly that I needed, we need, I needed to launch out and start a church. Now, this was something I never thought I would do. I thought I would serve under a pastor. And I was quite happy to serve under a pastor. Um, but it was a calling to start. So it was like the biggest challenge ever. Mm. Wow. Okay, let me stop there and wow. allow you to... Yes, yeah. there are a few things that, that are very interesting I want, I want to highlight. The first thing is, yes, right from university days, I, you have been someone that really loved teaching. And you know how to put things step by step and make even the basic things quite um, even simpler complicated things simpler for 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 the believer and so i i knew that one of these days we'll see you doing uh, this kind of work uh teaching and and serving the lord and and you know the beauty of it is that you know i i remember when i first heard that you were going to uh launch out it, it was exciting because i knew that you were go you were in for some growth and uh growth things but i didn't know about the health scare and uh it's good to hear now i i i got to know later on but but you know you know it reminds me of my, myself last year when i had the health scare it really has a way of making you face the reality that you know what i'm not just going to pack up all these giftings and um and just march on as other people are marching on you. You suddenly realize that there's a lot in you, and you have to give it out to as many people as possible. 
So let's let's continue the story, uh, your your Bible journey. Um, so when when you realized that you were going to go ahead and plant this church, tell me about the feelings, the resp- the reactions, and how you 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 were able to accept that and and how it has been since then. Let's let let let's um, talk about those and maybe. You can go as uh, in areas that you want to go if if you want, yeah. Okay, thank you, um, Pastor, Pastor and friend. <laughs> um, just to say this, so we 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 decided to launch out. Uh, of course, I had to get um, the agreement of my wife, and uh, that's just agreement. It's not as though she was going to you know lead the 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 action with me, but you know it was important to to get a minimum agreement. Uh, for for this um, for this, so it was not too difficult to to get that. Uh, um, so like, this was about six years ago, um, but there were there were quite some issues. Number one, I was I was working at university. I was full time. Um, I'd been working at university uh, for, for a full time basis for about uh, three four years. Uh, let's say. Yeah, almost four years by this time. Um, I was still a research fellow uh, working in uh, research and teaching. So naturally, it was not an issue of leaving my job. My job was flexible enough. Um, I was full time, but I could could take time off if I needed to and, and, and compensate for it later. So leaving my job was not the issue. I mean, it crossed my mind, but, you know, there was no no such leading from God to leave my job. So there was no need for it. So, and moreover, you know, we are starting from the scratch, you know, so you can build from little um, and, and build up gradually. So that did not cross my mind to leave. You know, it did cross my mind, but I did not struggle with that because there was no such, you know, leading from God. And there was even no urgency. There was no urgency for it. Um, so, so that was easily dealt with. So it was more about, you know, how do we start? You know, now we had Nigerian, we had, you know, I live in Basingstoke and over the years we live in Basingstoke as, as at this time, 2012, we are living in Basingstoke for four years. Uh, so we moved to Basingstoke just after I finished my PhD. And so we had quite some Nigerian friends in Basingstoke. We had African friends in Basingstoke and we had, the indigenous, we had British English friends in basically. We had good friends. My wife is a friend's friend maker. So we had friends. And then we just began to tell our friends. We prayed about it before we did this. You know, we set a date for inauguration. And the, the advantage of doing an inauguration, especially if you're starting from scratch, unannounced, is that you, you it gives you an opportunity to have an event, you know, where people can come. And I tell you, when you have an inauguration, if you if you know people enough, people will come for your inauguration. So we we told our friends, and they came for this inauguration. And at that day, I think we counted like eighty people uh, in at the inauguration or more, and we felt very good. You know, service so went well. I had a, a previous pastor uh, in Guildford at University who supported me. But I did not get any support from my current pastor because he was not happy that I was leaving um, the church, and he could not. And the main reason why he was not happy is that he could not imagine how I could have the audacity to think I would start a church. 
So uh, I had to deal with it. I invited him, but he didn't come. It was painful, but, you know, it's one of those things. So the inauguration was quite successful, and uh, we felt good after. But uh, the next Sunday was my big surprise, because we had 80, 80 people attending inauguration, and some were even, like, saying, oh, yes, oh, this is a good thing, you know, it's a breath of fresh air, you know, a Pentecostal church in town. Next Sunday... We only only seven adults turned up <laughs> to church, and that's counting myself and my wife. <laughs> so that was a shocker. Yes, yeah, that was a shocker. So that was the first real, real call of reality. Okay, so said so. This was how the journey was, yes. and um, so seven people: myself, my wife, my brother-in-law, and his wife. Wow. That's four. Family. My my friend, I picked only one friend from my previous <laughs> church. Yeah. And I thank God for that. Six years later, I thank God for that. Wow. That that was the case. I had other people who said they would join with us, but they disappointed me at the last minute. It was painful there, but now, six years later, I thank God that I just picked up only one person from my previous church. Because the, the aim, when God calls you to start a work, is not to destroy you know, know what is existing. Or, or no matter how imperfect, what is yeah, yeah. No matter how imperfect they are, mm. the Church of Christ is still the Church of Christ. They may, right. they may be imperfect, so the, we, we must not act in such a way as to injure the body of Christ. So I thank God that those people, you know, who promised me and disappointed, behave like that because now they cannot say, you know, it was them that made it happen. And then we had we had two uh, indigenous, two white British friends, Caucasian who joined with us. And as we continue to do with the, I mean, apart from these seven adults, we always had people who visited from time to time. So every time, just at the nick of time when there will have been, you know, a disappointment, someone will come in and fill the space. So just God just give us enough. You know, every Sunday we had like 10 adults or so. God just give us enough to keep, to keep going. It going. Yes. But as as we moved on, you know, the our two white uh, British friends um, stepped back, and they, they 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 could not bear with some of the depth of teaching, and they they, they stepped back, and so we we moved from seven to five adults. I'm talking about wow. consistent consistent <laughs> members. We still had visitors. Visitors, had visitors. Okay, okay. But I remember a day where it will have just been myself. And my wife and my three boys in church. Wow. But God, God that day, God sent us visitors from wow. Nigeria, a mm. family. Mm. And they, they, they came in just that weekend and they did the service with us. Yeah. So God did it that never a time was it just only just us. He just family. gave us just enough to keep going. Wow. Just enough to keep going. And for me, why it was a big problem was that the vision that God gave me was for thousands and ten thousands of souls in Basingstoke. It's a local vision. It's a local vision to transform this city and to get tens of thousands saved. So I had that vision from the beginning. I was passionate about it. I saw the church growing to like a membership of 100 within six months. So it was quite a shocker. <laughs> when I heard after six months, we were still trying to keep seven adults together. Mm. But God was faithful. Yes. You know, yes. the money money was in, always enough to pay our rent. The people were always enough to have you know, a fairly good service. And so what, what 
what why I did not get discouraged was that I was able to look inwards and ask myself, can we pay the rent? Yes. Do we have enough people to make a house fellowship? Yes. So once these indicators were positive, there is no reason to stop. And I, do I have my salary? Yes, I had my salary from the university. So financially, I was not suffering. My children were doing well. My wife was doing well. We were paying the rent. Yes, we had seven people, but we were able to have a meeting. So, and we also had visitors who came from time to time. And that's what kept me going. It was a source of encouragement. For me, it proved that God was still with me. And, and, and I'd like to say that, you know, to any other Bible out there, you know, that if, if you're in a, a stage of starting, you've launched out and things are not looking good in terms of numbers, that's not the only way to measure whether God is with you. You know, look at the other indicators, you know. When you look at those indicators and you can see that you are not crashing, God is with you because it's a process. It's a process. And God doesn't just want you to, you know, to, to, to do the work. He wants to do his work in you. And it takes you through the process. So all that, in fact, sometimes I really felt that God uh, was stopping, preventing people from coming. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, because, you know, it just at the time when we 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 about to be so discouraged, it will raise up people to come in. Yes. So I kept asking myself, where were these people where were they? Why didn't why didn't you bring them in? That's a good one. Yeah. So 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 that's I just reflected on how we started. But another thing that encouraged us is that gradually, I think it was after like I, I think after like six, seven months when when we reduced to five, then we had two families join us. So we went down first before we, we came up. And that made a big difference. So people came up from, from just from our website and they stayed. They stayed with us. They fellowship with us. They did stuff with us. That really encouraged me. I felt, I felt for the first time that I was a pastor. <laughs> yeah. So, so that encouraged me. And with regards to my Bible, like I said, in the first year, my salary you know, was the same. It was, you know, my needs were being met. The, the, the pastoral needs was not much. I was pastoring seven adults and maybe seven, maybe seven children or five children. So there's, there's no need. There was no need to leave my work. You know, I could, I could do that easily with my spare time. So, um, so I kept doing this uh, and I was without job full time for three years. And during that time, the church grew. So to the point whereby we had like 30 members and more money was coming in to, to the church. And, and so after, after three years, I began to consider whether I needed to give more time to, 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 to pastoring uh, yeah, these people, because now there was more demand, there was more people you know, to, to pastor. Also, I, I, I was sort of feeling more pressurized with my work. I felt I didn't have enough time to, do, to, do, to, do, to, to excel in both areas. I mean, in the university, if you want to excel nowadays, you have to do research and publish papers. And so after three years, I was not having enough publications. And so I saw that I was not able to give the output. I was still very good in delivering research. I was good in delivering teaching at university. But I was not having enough academic publications. And I was not getting grants, enough grants, you know, to, to have my own portfolio. 
at the university. But again, that's explainable because to get your own portfolio, you need to give in more. You need, you need to burn the midnight candle to write research beads, you know, and get grants. And I could not do that because I would rather, you know, spend that midnight praying and studying the word. And so at that point, it became clear to me that I could not, you know, I could not progress to the maximum height of the university work if I wanted to be effective the way God called me to be as a pastor. I know someone else could combine it, but at that point, because of the vision, long term, if I'm going to affect tens of thousands of people, I need to do some uncommon things. And so it became clear to me that at some point, I needed to focus fully on the work. So three years down the line, when I when it was a crossroad, you know, I, it was clear that I'm not going to progress so much at the university if I don't put in much more. So then for me, it became an easy decision. Now that the church could afford some salary to leave the university and give more time to full-time pastoring. Okay, I'll, I'll pause there and see if you wanted to ask me anything before I continue the story. Yes, and you know it's very good uh, the way you are going with it, and you know, making it making us to see that you know you don't have to start as a full time pastor. You, in short, is encouraged that if you're starting a ministry, you're uh, you're testing, you're you're in the beginning stages, trying to get people to come and and receive what you've got. You, you can do that while you are working, and but at the time it can take over. It can take over. Um, very good. So yes, go go ahead, please. Let us tell us more. Okay, just just to emphasize again that three years down the line, you know, there was that witness, there was that conviction in my heart that it was time to move on. I just need to explain again that there was a lot of flux, uncertainty now in my university job. So that was a natural atmosphere to think of stepping down because of the uncertainty for my future progress. So it wasn't like everything was perfect and then I just left. There was uncertainty regards to my future progress, you know, with respect to the work because of um, the time I needed to invest to, to get grants, research grants, and to, to have, you know, top quality publications. So it was just a natural point of easing off. And also on the church side, there was enough income coming in to, uh, to afford half of my salary. And I told them, yes, I could, I, could, I could start off like that, you know, re- reorganize my finances and just start off with half of my salary. Because what you, what you don't want to do, you don't want to overburden your congregation. You don't want to overburden the church. So you, you have to live within the means of, of what can be afforded. So what we thought could be afforded was half. And it would, have been, it would have been crazy to try to do more than that. That could have crashed the church finances. Yeah. So after having done pastoring for three years, the church had grown to a sizable number. You know, we look at the average finances by faith. We, we felt that the church could afford half. And even at that, you know, at the same growth growth rate, um, maybe more. 
so I stepped down from university and um but again stepping down it was because I, I had you know issues with progressing. Mm-hmm. The way I should. You should. The way you yeah. know that they yeah. would expect you to. Yeah, yes. So at that point even my contract was coming to an end. It needed renewal, but the renewal re- renewal was subject to um uh, the prospects for greater progress in terms of research grants, which I could not guarantee, except I had to give him more time to the university work, which I knew I couldn't. So that's why it was an easy decision. Yeah, I, I probably would have decided otherwise if everything was stable. I would have taken it half, half. Yeah. So I stepped down with nothing you know, from university and, I, and just depending on the salary. But I did, I did tell my boss, I said, look, I'm not leaving this job completely. All I need is, you know, more time. I had to tell him, I told him I was pastoring a church and that's what I would go to do now. And all I need is more time. But I'm quite happy to come in and do two days a week. You know, and, you know, it sounded like a crazy request, but I made sure I told him. I needed to tell him that I'm still interested in doing this work on a part-time basis. Now, with the university, that is with our university, that was not done, you know, because it's not the maximum output. So uh, they, they rather employ you full-time. But I told him anyway, because, you know, Bible says we should ask. You know, it's those who ask that can receive. And I, I remember he told me then, you know, he can't guarantee anything. He doesn't know this is not really done. Blah blah blah. He was quite disappointed, really, that I was leaving. And why he was disappointed that he, he felt I had the ability to make the most of that job, but he was disappointed I was not giving it my best. Anyway, we parted on that note, and uh, I was going to start the new year in 2017 with just half my salary. But um, as God will move miraculously, within one month, my boss at the university called me back, my professor. And it was like, yes, yes, we got a project now, and I can arrange for you to come in two days a week. And, and that was exactly how God gave me my full salary. Because although, although two days a week was 40% of my time, but because I was not paying pension on the university salary anymore because I was part-time, my overall return, my overall income when I left, matched my full-time salary wow. when I was there, plus some, a little bit extra. Mm. So that was absolutely miraculous. It was unprecedented that I would be allowed part-time, you know, but it was done, and I needed it. So all through 2017, 2018, you know, I'm still operating on that basis. I go to university, no, 2016, sorry, 2016, 2017, and 2018 now. I go to university two days a week, and I do my pastoral job 24/7. So, yeah, and I and, and 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 yeah, and more so, I even get to choose the days I go to uni, except if there's a, a meeting. So I'm able to be effective on both ends. I go to uni, I give the best I can according to what's expected of me, and I do my pastoral job flexibly. More importantly, is the fact that actually I I also have the opportunity to affect lives at university as a pastor. Because now they know me as a pastor. Before, they knew me as a researcher. 
But once I was leaving, then I declared that I was going to pastor a church. So they know me as a pastor. People call me not to ask me to pray for them. They know me as a pastor. So that makes a big difference because now my identity as a pastor is known in university. That helps me to be more effective as a Bible minister at the university. Why God is still taking care of my finances. So that really encouraged me. It showed, it showed me the faithfulness of God. And, 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 and again, another proof is that, another proof of ministry is that if you're doing the right thing, the church will grow. It may, it may not grow as fast. For me, I expected things to be faster. End of first year, expecting you know, 200 people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it will grow. And yes, I like of to course. say, yeah, I like to say that, you know, this is almost six years down the line. Mm. You know, churches are approaching 60, 70 members now. Okay. But, yeah, maybe it's not 1,000 yet or 10,000 yet, mm-hmm. but it has steadily grown yes, over the years. Over the years. And we are, we are building quality. Believers. And God also showed me something that if God gives you a vision, there can be arithmetic progression and there can be geometric Geometric progression. Yes. You know, the church can grow, you know, by by few people each year and then you get to a particular watershed moment. Yes. And everything just explodes. Turns around and grows forever. It doesn't mean, the fact that you're growing slowly now doesn't mean that vision will not come to pass. Mm. You know, what, what is happening is that God is building character in you and in the people around you. He's laying a foundation so that when the anointing comes for that multiplication, you will not disappoint. Yes. So, 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 yeah. yeah. So this is sort of part of my story. I can't say it all, but it, this yes. is part of my story. But what, what you've said is, 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 is enough. It's, it's good to encourage people to see that, you know what, even when you want to serve God and you take a pay cut, God is already ahead of you preparing for you to be able to do all that you need to do. You know, those that have listened to my Bible story, that's uh, episode three, yeah, episode two or three, you know, you would have heard me say my own story where things seems to be not there, but God kept on providing. I think every pastor, every minister should know that, that whatever God calls you to do, he will pay for it. He will take care of it. He will take care of it. Well, our time is already... Uh, fast spent, but I still want to ask you uh, one more thing before we we go, um, and I want to tell the people, the listeners, that you know, Pastor Ben has written some books, some devotionals. Uh, you can find them on Amazon. Some uh, will, you you can ship. Most of them, I think, you can ship in uh, to the UK, uh, to the U- to Canada and US. Um, I would like you to tell us one of your about one of your books, uh, or maybe two of them. He has different devotionals, and then I would like you to also give your last, just some comments, some encouragement to people who are listening to this, who are saying, you know what, um, I love to to have enough to do what I want to do, but my heart, I feel God calling me to give more uh, to the ministry. Uh, just uh, some words of encouragement for them. Okay, um, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Hade. Uh, yes, uh, I've written some, some books. Um, um, the first one is The Purpose of Life, yes. Your Questions Answered. And it's a little book uh, with great content. It's just to, you know, 
for those who will read it to to help them put you know find, give their legs direction know why you know they are here and you know what, what how they can make the most of of their life as a pastor one of my greatest passion is to help people you know make the most of their life you know not waste their life it 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 it, it annoys me in my spirit if i say that way one of the things that annoys me someone said what annoys you could be an indication of the problem you are called to solve and what annoys me in my spirit is when I see believers shallow. When I see believers shallow, you know, they don't know much about God. They just, they just do things. And, you know, when I see believers carnal, it annoys me in my spirit. Because I know that God has something more for, for us as believers rather than, just going, rather than just going to church on Sunday. There's much more. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to impact your world. God wants you to be the Jesus that people will meet. And that's my passion. My passion is to disciple believers so that they can become deeply rooted in Christ and which will help them to be fruitful. And so this book, The Purpose of Life, is a book that will just show you, you know, what life is all about from the beginning to, to the end. Uh, it's on Amazon and that's, you know, available in the UK, in the US, Canada, um, you know, m- many countries actually. Uh, you can search if you search for my last name. Um, I will say Eli. You will find my books uh, on Amazon. The the remaining books are devotionals, and um, uh, it just covers every day of the year. And um, the the focus of those devotionals is to help you become well established in faith, hope, and love. Because these three things abide forever: faith, hope, and love. So the target is to get the believer to be well rooted in faith, hope. And love, and, and we use the devotionals now for our own fellowship. Uh, at the beginning, it was quite a struggle uh, knowing what to study, um, which book of the Bible. But now, the devotionals like they go around many topics in the Bible, and so every week we just pick the topic of the day, and you can be sure that next week is a different topic. And once we go through a year, we've covered many different topics, and so this is how we use it in the church. Um, like to say. Um, um, there are other books, you know, I've read. Yeah, let me just say this: that you know, for the Bible minister, one of the thing, one of the things I want to thank God for is that since we started six years ago, I cannot really say that there's been a time I I ran dry. I've not run dry spiritually. Yeah, I've not run dry spiritually. And the key is very simple: you have to read. You have to read books of other ministers, those who have gone ahead of you. A book is a package of a life that has been lived, being shared with you. And so consistently, if you are feeding, if you are feeding, then you will not go dry. You know, things may come and happen to discourage you, but you will read a book and you'll be encouraged. So I, I encourage you as a Bible minister, you have to read. You have to. You have to read the word. You have to read the book of those who have gone ahead of you. And if you consistently do that, you know, you will not run dry. You will always have stuff because you are feeding. So um, this is like a final word I, I can say. I have many things I could say, but I would say that, you know, for the Bible minister, you know, if you are someone with a great anointing, it's good. You know, signs and miracles are working. Your ministry is good. But much more importantly, you have to feed. You have to feed. And don't assume that you are the, you know, the most you know, you are the greatest thing that ever happened um, to the universe. There are people who have gone ahead of you, 
and there are people who will come after you, and you, you have a lot to learn from them. It's one body. It's the body of Christ. And so once you keep humble, and you are open to the Spirit of God, open to the Word of God, and open to learning from other believers, other mentors, other, Bible, other ministers, you will grow and your capacity to minister becomes, you know, you know, greater. You become more effective, more, more free. And you enjoy, you enjoy what you're doing. I think it's the worst thing in, in this life to not enjoy serving God. We should enjoy serving God. And once we are open to learning, and one of the best ways to learn is to read the book of other ministers, those who have gone ahead of us. And this is something that has really worked for me, you know, and uh, I, I recommend it to any Bible uh, minister, you know, take time to study, take time to read, and not just the Bible, but you know, read books of other mm. ministers. Yes. Okay, I'll stop there. I mean, there are so many things I could say, but time, time. time yes, we have to. <laughs> we have to bring you back to talk about some of this. Um, one thing I would like you to come back and talk to the people about is the, the Bible study. How to do a good Bible study. I think we could discuss that. Um, I share mine, you share yours, and I think we'll, I'll bring you back to do that uh, sometime soon. And um, your wife, you know, your uh, Pastor Ben's wife uh, has also been a friend for since university, just like my wife. Uh, we, we have all been together, and she's a medical doctor, and she's also a Bible minister because she assists Pastor Ben in ministry as a pastor. And, you know, it, it's beautiful to have uh, ministry together where your wife and yourself are ministering uh, together and serving the Lord together. Um, I just wanted to mention that uh, Pastor Jimmy has been supporting her husband to do this work. And if, if, you, have, if you are called to minister, your home is the first place of ministry. And and the the beauty of it is that there's a blessing, but at the same time, your home, your the members of your home are also the first people to feel the pain of the time that you are investing into the ministry. I'm I'm going to give you just one minute to talk about to to uh, comment or um, respond to that. Um, yes, um, Pastor, thank you for for that comment. Um, yeah, I think this is an aspect that um, everyone called of God, you know, to minister, and in particular Bible ministers, uh, we face. Because when you're Bible, you, you have come in from a point of view where, you know, you've done your work and you've attended church and served as a, as a worker or a steward. Uh, the, your work takes the bigger picture uh, to a point whereby you begin to devote more and more times uh, to, to, to lead to lead the work and sometimes it can it can be the cause of a lot of friction in in, in the home we, i think it's very important to understand that your spouse uh, whether male or female is your helper in ministry and that the best ministry is the one in which you can do together and so there is need for wisdom you have to learn to be flexible. It's, it's not ministry is not done in only one way, and the, the important thing is, the Bible says that love is the greatest. And um, you know, for an effective ministry, I believe that when you can love your spouse and love your children, do your best to carry them along. Then 
the ministry is more effective. Where you are isolated, it's easy for the devil to get you. So you must fight, you work hard to make sure that the love in the whole, it, it takes sacrifice, and that sacrifice is you. It's easier to demand, but that doesn't necessarily mean that things will get done. You sacrifice, you ask God to help you, open your eyes, give you wisdom. There's always a way, and you make sure at all costs that you carry your family, carry your spouse along, love them, carry them along. You will be more fulfilled in ministry and more effective that way. If you go alone, even if you have lots of anointing, yeah, you will, you, if you are isolated emotionally, it's a, it's, it's a very easy way for the devil to get you. You will not believe yourself what you end up falling into. So it's important to keep the, your own is your first ministry, and you must keep that ministry within your home. If it's going slowly, find wisdom. There is wisdom. There is enough wisdom in heaven, and they will show you how to do it. Happy is that minister, you know, who you know who, who has love in the home, you know, and whose 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 home is part, a main part of their ministry. Happy is that minister. That's true. That's true. Thank you very much, uh, Pastor Ben. Um, his books are available. Go ahead and download them. Uh, buy them. They are in Kindle version, so I have them in Kindle version. Um, buy them. Buy. Give them to people. And I'm going to put the links to the book in the notes. And I want to thank you, Pastor Ben, for really coming. And um, Living Springs Church in Basingstoke, UK. Healing Springs, sorry. Healing Springs Church. Thank you for taking the time to share with us. I know that this has been very good and um, people are going to be blessed by that. I would like you to close this with a word of prayer. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. I just remember one thing I should have said. Yes. Uh, I need to say it before Go before ahead. I pray. And which is, you know, I, I talked about, you know, reading books, you know, trying to study, you know, find, study after mentors. But in addition to reading books, you, you also need to have find mentors. So you have been called by God, yes. But there are people that have been called by God before you. You have the Spirit of God. You have the wisdom of God. It is possible to identify some of them, whom you can learn from, whom you can communicate with, interact with. You know, And for me, Pastor Ade is one of those people in my life. I mean, he's my friend and my brother, but he's also my pastor. Because he's done this work ahead of me in, in different ways. And you, you must humble yourself and learn. You know, you don't isolate yourself. Find mentors, people you can have a conversation with, people you can express yourself with, people you can compare notes with. I mean, not just, not just anybody, but find few people. Ask God to lead you. And you, you will need them because they will really make a big difference because they are real people you can communicate with. So I just thought I should chip that in and I'd like to thank Pastor Adi for, you know, different ways he's allowed God to use him to, to mentor him. Wherever Eden Spiritual is mentioned, Pastor Adi is, 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 is part of what God has done and what God is doing yes. in Eden Spiritual. If for, if for no reason, a member of that church. The fact that, yeah, he's a mentor, he's a leader, you know, in that church. So this is important. Yes. And of course, in the future, God will also use you to mentor other other ministry. I think it's a it's a good part of ministry 
to be able to mentor those who are coming mm. after you. Amen. Okay, so having said that, I'm happy to pray now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to, to do this. It's another opportunity to sow good seed into the kingdom. We pray that, Lord, you will use this to bless Bible ministers everywhere yes. in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray for Pastor Ade that he will go from grace to grace, from strength to strength. Amen. We ask, oh God, that you, you enable us all, Pastor Ade, myself, and every other Bible minister listening, to enter into the fullness of our calling, to fulfill our ministry, to fight the good fight, to finish the race, and to keep the faith. So that when we appear before you, Jesus, we have no cause to be ashamed, but we have joy in receiving our reward. Thank you, Father, because you've heard us. Thank you, For Lord. in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You've been listening to the Bible Podcast with Ade Sabanjo. Please head over to adesobanjo.com to join the conversation and access all of the resources shared on the podcast. You can also record your questions by using the red button on the right-hand side of the page. If this is your first episode of the Bivo podcast, take the time to listen to the earlier episodes where Ade talks about his amazing recovery from stroke and the lessons he learned. These lessons have revolutionized Ade's life, and they will make your life so much more fruitful, too. Till the next episode, keep spreading the love of Jesus everywhere.